You're gonna open up the podcast, and then yeah, I can I'll open play. I could try to play the role of Mark. No, what I w- what I was thinking was that I was gonna interview you. Okay, like just do an interview. Okay, if that's cool. Yeah, just ask you questions about Japan. And okay, how life is here as a missionary. Okay. for God. But people are gonna want to hear about your trip, also. Well, um, yeah, so we can just go back and forth on that, I guess. Okay. If you're cool with yeah, that. Yeah, because I don't know if I would have enough to say for the whole podcast. But well, I don't know how much that time like, we have because i got to check out of this hotel by noon. Okay. And then we got to get to the airport. Okay. So, yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll open it up and uh, then I'll, I'll start asking you questions and we okay. can just go back and forth. All right. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that going to be too loud? No, it's good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of season two of our podcast, The Japan Chronicles, is what season two is all about. And season two, of course, is only going to have two episodes, and this is the not only the second episode, it's also the season finale for Destiny Midweek. My name is Pastor Matt Bell, and I'm joined here today with Bobby... Slash Bob Sayer, missionary to Japan. It's great to be here with you in Japan, Pastor Matt. It's great to be here. I'm kind of confused because I knew you before you were the lead pastor, so I'm comfortable calling you Matt. Which is great. But it's kind of disrespectful at this point in life. Bell Sensei is also (laughs) totally appropriate. Bell Sensei, I like that. It's so, got a good ring to it. Yeah. Well, I'm honored to be here for the finale of season two. That's quite an honor. Right. You didn't even know this was the finale. I didn't. Until Total surprise. 30 seconds ago. Total surprise. So So I've been here for two weeks, and I've just thoroughly enjoyed my time here. But you've been here for... About a year and a half now. 18 months. Yeah. And uh, I was really impressed with how well... Uh, you're doing and just navigating the country driving on yeah. the wrong side of the road or the left side of the road i don't want to you know espouse american supremacy and say it's the right side of the road right it, yeah it's the left side of the road yeah that you guys are driving on and you you totally seem to have that down yeah i've gotten used to it um that was a challenge for the first couple months where we would turn into the wrong street and then we'd get in a pickle but um i think people don't realize for missionaries in any country that it takes quite a little uh, quite a lot of energy just to live and survive right just to get going you know i think it's taken us about a year to kind of get comfortable navigating getting around in this country but now it's great because we're getting to quite a level of comfort just getting around and able to see people and get to locations easier yeah. so yeah yeah i could really i could really see that that you're very comfortable with the transportation system you took us all all of us i mean how many of us were there that went down yeah that was on quite the train? an adventure i think there was about 15 of us getting on a train together yeah with Two minute time change in yeah. between trains, and you got to run across. The and you station. had all your kids with you, and we were carrying strollers. Strollers. Upstairs. April's pregnant. Yeah. Whitney and Joseph are like Mennonite Amish. They don't <laughs> usually get out of the country much. Right. And they're in the yeah. big city. Yeah. 
uh, on the trains and what what did you think about the trains in Japan? I love it because uh, you kind of got out and explored a little bit. We did. on your own too. We did. Uh, the 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 payment system is incredible because you can load the 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 Suica card or whatever it's called right, right yeah, on you your can phone. Do that just on your phone. Yeah, you don't even have to get your wallet out. Right. So you just hold your yeah. phone up to the the turnstile and it lets you right in and charges you. It's great. Um, really enjoy getting around. Um, it's incredible. The, the incredible thing about getting out and seeing lots of different pre- places in Japan is that everywhere you go, there's tons of people. Right. Yeah. The, there's just so many people and they're crowded in and cramped in and right japan is an island so that kind of sets the culture and a lot of things for japan there's a limited amount of space and so you see in the way they make buildings or neighborhoods that everything is very precise so they won't put a dumpster somewhere unless there's like meetings and weeks of thought behind putting that there because there's just a limited amount of flat space in this country. So you get on a train or you go into Osaka or to Nara or to Tokyo and you're just in this very tight bubble. But it's it's great because you really get a sense of humanity right. and the people who are here who need to hear about Jesus. Right. And even so even as we travel from like the huge cities from like Tokyo to Osaka or uh, to Nagoya. Uh, as we're traveling on the bullet train, you know, you, you get out of the dense metropolitan area, but but the the humanity never stops. I mean, everywhere you look, there's just houses and houses and houses and houses, even out into the countryside. Right, yeah. I mean, and we, we took a, a drive up to that campsite that the, the, that the... Right, the next town's group here has a retreat center. a retreat center that's way out in the country right way out in the mountains and the whole way up there we're seeing people yeah it's not like in texas where right. like you drive an hour outside of san antonio and you don't see anybody right you don't see anything yeah. like there's i mean you, you drive an hour outside of san antonio you can park your car and have lunch on the highway. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, there's just nobody. Even here, when you go out in the country, you just see people everywhere, houses everywhere. Uh, it's really great to see people everywhere you go. It's interesting. So that that's one of the really cool things about the traveling experiences is you really get to see just how many people there right. are here. And, of course, we know that so few of them yeah. know the Lord. What people don't realize about the train system in Japan, it's really unique compared to other countries. A lot of countries have trains, but their trains connect to almost every city in Japan. So you could be out in a city way out in the country, and it seems like you're not more than 10 minutes from a train. Right. So they have these smaller trains that go into the city to where the bullet trains would be. And it's it's very convenient how everything is connected by the train system. Yeah, it's it's easy to get around. Yeah, it really um, is. Especially with like Google Maps. Japan. You know, Google Maps tells yeah. you and it is so precise like to the minute. Right. Every single time. A train in Japan is almost never late. I mean, we've been taking trains for 18 months and it seems like maybe one time we've had a late train. And if they ever have a late train, the conductor will get on the intercom and he'll give this very sincere apology. I'm so sorry that our train was so dramatically late and 
sorry to you know mess up your schedule and when uh, when we we were somewhere where there was a train that was late and the conductor came out and he pulled out a samurai sword and he fell on it no i'm just kidding (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) but it is that level of it's that like apology that it's so you know for something that seems so minor to us right you know sometimes in in the united states everything's late you know in japan there's a lot of expectation for things to be done with excellence and quality so in the old days if you led an army like a samurai and you failed then you would like you were saying you would just fall on your sword and commit suicide and that that principle still carries today to where if somebody is disappoints someone in a business uh, they might even kill themselves because of the disappointment yeah. and the shame that they brought on their family. Right. They'd rather die yeah. than live with that, what they think is dishonor. Um, anyway, I wanted to say something. I can't remember what it was. It was about the trains. Oh, the trains. So, like, we were we were waiting for a train, and it was late. Uh-huh. And we couldn't figure out, like, how why is this train late why is it so late and then we got on it finally when it showed up and as i was watching it on my map it was going in a different direction than we should be going uh, and yeah. what i didn't realize is that we were at the we were at an entirely wrong station because they have these stations right next to each other right yeah and it should have been like a big red flag to us yeah. that this train isn't late we're 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 the ones doing something wrong yeah you know yeah that's a sinking feeling when you like miss your train but it's never that hard to just hop on the next one and, right well we we were at the wrong station yeah so we had to actually get on the train at the next station going in the opposite direction to go back to the station we got on yeah and then take a five minute walk to the right station yeah because they were like right next to each other i've done that before that's easy to do so yeah it was a good learning experience yeah Uh, what was your favorite place that you visited in japan i know that you've done a lot of ministry here but if you had like a favorite tourist spot what do you think that would be well, if you could, if you're coming here and you only go to one place, I, I really think you need to go see the big Buddha in Nara. I, I think that makes such an impact seeing people praying to an idol. Yeah, and it's a huge idol, and um, you, you really get a sense of the the spiritual climate that that's kind of the undercurrent of Japan when you go to a place like that. Because when you come here and you see the precision and the excellence and the, the, the culture that's so service-oriented, you can think that they have a, it all figured out. Right. Um, and you, you really need to go to some of these places, these spiritual strongholds, to understand the spiritual climate. So if you could only go to one place, I think that would be it. The second place that I really enjoyed was Osaka Castle. Yeah. That was really neat to see. I've been there because we've enjoyed it going there so much, and we've had quite a few visitors come the last few years. We had some people from China came that came that we knew when we were in China and had worked with, and we've taken to Osaka Castle. I was really impressed with that. When the first time I went there, I was like, "This isn't going to be that great, you know. It's just another Japanese castle, but it's another really, castle. Yeah. It's really impressive the way it's built with the." moats and the different levels and you go to this huge castle that's on top of the hill 
And when you're up there, it's also in the middle of downtown Osaka. Right. So you see these modern skyscrapers in the background. But you can see how a castle like that would be almost invincible right. 500 years ago right. when it was built. Right. Uh, it had three layers of moats, and it was on this huge hill. And I cannot imagine the the manpower it would take to try and conquer that castle. Right, yeah. Some of the blocks that they use are almost the size of a, of a house. And right. just to, imagining to the how they put right. those in place yeah. is just amazing. Mind-boggling. Uh, so we, I went there twice. I went there once with you. And then I took the second group that we had with us, Jason and Heath. I took them there. And the second time we went, we went through a different direction than we went with you. And what I didn't know is that there's this huge park on the other side. Right. So it's kind of like Central right. Park in New York City. We're surrounded by all of these skyscrapers and buildings. And then right in the middle is this beautiful park, this beautiful place. Right. And the good thing about Osaka Castle is you don't see any Buddhas there. It's something great to show people that there's no, there's no darkness there. It's just an interesting old Japanese thing to say. Right. The other place that was really cool was uh, in Tokyo, downtown Tokyo, going to the two towers. So we went to Tokyo Tower, which is the older tower that okay. you can see overlooking the city. It and kind then, of almost looks like the Eiffel Tower, right? It does. It, it looks like that, but it's actually, an, it's actually an antenna tower. Okay. Like they use it for TV broadcasts and stuff. And then the second one is called Sky Tree, and that has the highest observation deck in the world. Wow. And so... You look out over this city of Tokyo, which is like 12 million people. Or right. It's insane. And it's just concrete jungle, you know, as far as the eye can see. But you're probably used to some of that being in China, you know. Yeah, you know, but it's still it's still cool to see. And I, I've actually never been to Tokyo, so I'm kind of jealous. Which, which tower did you prefer? Well, uh, Skytree is the newer one, and it's a lot higher. And so that that's kind of impressive. Um, but Tokyo Tower has this sort of old world kind of romantic mm-hmm. vibe, which would be, it reminded me of visiting um, the Empire State Building, which was built kind of during a booming era. And from what I understand, Tokyo Tower was built as uh, a rallying point for the Japanese people after World War II. Okay. And it was built to um, sort of stir up some national pride again. And so it it has that kind of feeling to it that visiting uh, a place like the Empire State Building has. That's not the tallest place anymore. Right. But you, you get this sense and this connection to the history yeah. that's there, which yeah. was neat. Well, I think all of the pastors really appreciated you being here. I think it was a good time, really good retreat. Uh, this is Wednesday, and we're just finishing up the retreat. And I thought the messages that you and Jason shared were really good. And I know the people really appreciated it. Yeah. And I think it's good encouragement for them because they really look up to uh, the heritage and the history of something. And so, you know, to us as Americans, it seems crazy. Like, you're the grandson of the founder. Right. Like, big deal. But to them, it really does mean something. And I think it was a good encouragement for all the pastors here. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. You know, sometimes working through the interpreter, uh, you don't really know how much is actually being 
you know, right. received or, or yeah. communicated. But I, th- I think we were blessed with, with good people who were able to, yeah, to communicate that as best as, as best as we could. How many pastors were here? That's a good question. I think there were probably around 20, 25 pastors. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. And several of their wives were here with them. Right. One really cool thing was that at breakfast yesterday, um, a Japanese lady came and she wanted to talk to me. And so Cheryl Alderson, who's here, was interpreting. And this older Japanese lady told me that she got saved right before my grandparents went back to the United States. Okay. And so... So this is like in the 1960s? Something like... Or late 50s, okay. maybe. And that she stayed in one of the Alderson's churches and was discipled there, but felt a call of God on her life to ministry. And so she wanted to go to Bible school, but she didn't have the funds to do it. And so my grandparents, John and Ruth Bell, raised the money at Revival Temple to pay for her to go to four years of Bible school. Wow. And here she's here just like thanking me. Wow. You know, amazing. She ended up marrying a, a pastor there and they pastored a church for many, many, many years. And she's the sister of Maikawa sensei's, uh, wife who passed away. Okay. And so what ended up happening was her whole family was saved and wow. several of them were involved in ministry. That's an example of, for anyone out there, when you plant a small seed, you never know right. what that's going to produce down the road. What it, what it can grow into. Yeah. And that was, that was encouraging, yeah. you know, just to, to see that. And it's a reminder right. that yeah. we don't always see the fruit right. of, of what we've done in yeah. the ministry. So the first church, we think it's the first church that John and Ruth Bell ever started in Japan was uh, this church. It's in a little town called Ishikiri. Right. So you would sometimes hear your grandma talk about it, talking about Ishikiri right. and the work that they started there. you hear there. Ichikiri. Ichikiri? You hear Ichikiri. Right. It sounds like Itchy Kitty. As a kid, that's what you probably right. heard. Like, what, itchy is this, kitty. what is this Itchy Cat? It that... seriously took me like six months to say Ishi Kitty. Yeah, because you want to say Ishikiri. Ishikiri. Or or Ishikiri. Or I don't know. <laughs> but it's Ichi Kitty. Ishi Kitty. Yeah. So they pronounce their R's with a D. Right. And Japanese is great because if you get an I, so Ishikiri is spelled with an I, the I is always an E. e. It's always it's not an e like sound. English where we could have three different sounds for, for the letter I. Right. But it's always the same. So Ishikiri, that's the church that we have the privilege of helping every week in Osaka. And it's crazy that that church that they started in the late 50s is still going strong today. And it has members that are hearing from the word every week. There's new people coming in. And it's just great to see that the heritage that was started is still going strong. And hopefully, we're not just looking to the past, but also looking to the future and what we're going to do and what next towns and the churches are going to do. And I know you encouraged the pastors a lot to celebrate the past and to remember what God has done but also look with uh, boldness to the future. Right, right. 
Yeah. I I I think they will. I, I I'm I'm hopeful that what was started is going to continue and continue to bear fruit for many years to come. So did you enjoy the onsen while you were in Japan? I did. Many times. The onsen, <laughs> for those who don't know what it is. You're outing me. Is the ja- well it's just something you do. I mean It's it's Japanese culture. It's a it's the best Japanese cultural experience that I can think of. So an onsen is a Japanese hot bath. It's a hot bath. And if you come to Japan, you have to do it. And the thing about the onsen is you just go as God created you. You don't put anything in between you and Right, you take society. a bath. It's a bath. You take a bath. It's men and women are separated. Right. But you get sure, it's a go Jap- in your nature into the Japanese hot tub, basically. Yeah. It, it's a great experience. If you're ever in Japan, I highly recommend that you do it. Um, one of the things that it does for foreigners is it actually builds huge credibility with the Japanese. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. you know, there's certain things about Japan and Japan culture that we're just stepping all over. Like, like we'll walk into places where you're supposed to take your shoes off and we leave them on. And that's like a huge freak out for yeah. them. You know, they run at you with making an X on their arms, you know, <laughs> the big X. Stop, stop. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't know I was supposed to take my shoes off. Um, we went, the church I went into uh, last Sunday was a church where you leave your shoes on. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I, I took my shoes off and they, oh, no, put, put your shoes back on, you know, like. So you were constantly kind of right, yeah. doing all these cultural faux pas. Right. But when they see us embrace something yeah. like the onsen, they say, you take an onsen. You know, they're very right. Uh, right. impressed by it. Right. And so. What I think is funny is everybody will go in these nice suits to the service. People are dressed to the T. Right. And I'm always like, why the pretense? Like, because we're all just going to go we're dressing to the, for the onsen Lord. after. And we're dressing and up yeah, for we're the all Lord. dressed in suit and tie in the service. Maybe you should uh, bring that up sometime at a meeting. Maybe I will. <laughs> I'll make a proposal. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the Good News Center. So the Good News Center is a new outreach center that we started in the Osaka area of Japan. And we're hoping to start a church there. We're already meeting on Saturday nights. So the idea with the Good News Center and I think the name makes it clear, is to bring the good news to as many Japanese people as we can. Uh, So we've talked about before how Japan is a country where less than half of 1% are Christian. And in that half percent Christian, that includes people like Catholics, Jehovah Witness, Mormons, people that we wouldn't even consider to be Christian. So when you go and talk to people on the street or at a restaurant, they really have no idea what Christianity is about because to them it's as foreign as a mosque would be to us or an Orthodox synagogue would be to Americans. It's that strange and that's that foreign to them. So we found that if you can just become friends with people and they can see that Christians aren't weird, they're not these you know, super religious people. They're just normal people like you. We found that that really breaks down the barriers. So anyways, we're hoping that the Good News Center is a place where people can come 
have a cup of coffee, fellowship with us, meet our American kids who people are always interested in seeing, and just have a good connection with people, and then invite them to a church service, and hopefully they have an encounter with the Spirit, and they'll be able to meet Jesus. Um, We can just put the seeds out there. We can't really control much else because that's up to God. But if we can just allow people to have a meeting point with Jesus and then leave right. the rest up to him. Right. Yeah, I was I was really excited to, to be able to go and see that place and to see What's the other sign up. Is it's kind of on a busy street, and so there's lots of traffic going by. Uh, a big sign that right. we just were able to get where it's really hopefully a beacon and a light to that area. I think I was talking with you that the metropolitan area of Osaka and Nara and all the cities that are joined there together is over 20 million people. Right. And just thinking about that mass of people and how few of them have ever had an encounter with the gospel before. Right. And there are so many people just waiting to hear about Jesus for the first time. Right. Yeah. I, I was really excited to hear that you were doing that and that, you know, you're you're continuing to take initiative and like we're gonna start something, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens and Well, I'll be the first to say like it's faith to do it because we don't have all the tools yet. We're learning the language. Right. We don't have all the pieces in place, but we don't want to waste time. Yeah. We wanna start something and hopefully get something done for the kingdom of God. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it and I I think that we never have all the tools that we need and we use what we've got and God does his part. Yeah. Which is the part that really matters. Yeah. Archie Alderson Sensei, I guess we should call him now. Yes. I don't know if we're going to carry that back to Texas or not. Maybe you should have a Sensei Sunday where everybody calls you Bell Sensei. That's an idea. (laughs) Alderson, uh, so Brother Archie Alderson, one of the elders at our church, Destiny Church, he started one of the biggest churches that is in our group. It was the very first church he started, and he started it with a translator because he didn't speak the language. Right. And that translator went on to become the pastor, Nishihata Sensei, and is still continuing that work today. Yeah, he, he, that pastor actually became internationally known. Wow, and really? he he traveled to twenty different countries to preach and minister uh, because his English was so good, and uh, he became one of the best translators for preaching and ministry in Japan. Maybe the best. I mean, he was a phenomenal preacher, and we actually had him a couple times to Destiny uh, in years past. I remember that. But yeah. yeah, that was a great joy to reconnect with him. He's eighty nine, and uh, you can tell. You know, his body's wearing out, but his spirit... But he's still crazy. Yeah, he's still got the fire, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's still got that fire yeah. to to minister and to share right. the gospel. So, tell me about some of the really things about Japan. So tell me about some of the things about Japan that you think we should incorporate back home. Hmm. Some of the pieces of the culture. I'll tell you one. Okay. All right, I'll give you an example. Start us off. So, we're in our hotel room, and... There is a light right in front of the door that is motion activated. So, okay. So when you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, the light turns on for you. 
I love that. But it, it doesn't turn on until you breach the threshold of getting close to the front door. Right. And so wow. you, you, you never have to mess with the light. Right. It's genius. I just love how they think of everything like that. It's genius. There's probably a million examples of where you, you could point out something. I'll give you another one. These shutters here. We're in a hotel room. How many, of you, how many times have you been in a hotel room where you can't shut the shutters all the way? There's always light pouring in. Right. You're trying to sleep in or just go to sleep at well, night. Well, the, the, the sun rises here at like 4 in the morning. Yeah. So it's right. not even sleep in. It's right. just yeah. like... If you sleep till 6 a.m. Right. So this has two... Ha, the, the second track of the, the curtains actually goes in front of and overlaps the second one. It's very smart. It's genius. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because they have so many trains that they understand how to do a track that curves. <laughs> but so the second curtain's actually longer and it goes over like right. a whole foot. Yeah. How about the drink bars, right? Like the soda bar and drink bars where you can get iced coffee with every meal. Right. Yeah. Fresh like espresso ground. Right. Iced can, lattes. I think if I could bring anything back to the US, that's what it would be. Uh, like you go to a Seven Eleven convenience store, and you can get this coffee that's like a dollar right. at the most, and it's freshly ground espresso. So the the beans aren't just sitting there; they've already been ground this morning when they turned it on. No, they actually grind the beans in front of you. It's a fresh espresso espresso shot over milk, and I think it tastes better than any coffee shop. I think it does. I've ever had in the U.S. Better than Starbucks, yeah, by far. It's amazing. I think that one other thing that Americans are ready for is a bodet. And a bodet is a Japanese toilet. The, one of the features it Bobby's, has... You've got your mind in the bathroom this morning. <laughs> got my head in the toilet. One of the things it has is a heated seat. It does. So every time you sit down on the seat, it feels like somebody else has been sitting there. Right. But once you get used to that, you kind of forget about it. Right. And it must be nice in the winter. Right, yeah. But I know the Aldersons, when they went back to the U.S., they couldn't live without that. They had, they had to have their... They I, became quite dependent on it. Some of these seats are very high-tech. Yes. Like, I have to get out Google Translate and right. point it at the seat to figure out, like, what all these buttons do on the side of the toilet. So, Japanese people are very conscious about making people comfortable and not inconveniencing someone else. So if you go to a convenience store where there's a lot of people walking by, there'll be a button for a waterfall. Right. And you can play that waterfall, and it's great because you can just relax, <laughs> and no one outside is going to hear some of the important business that you're taking care right. of. Right. So you go into the stall, and then there's a, a button, and the, the, the one that I saw, it wasn't a waterfall. It was like a white noise, like a fan. And so you push this button, and you've just got this pri – it's audio privacy uh, so that if there's any um, flagellants that you don't have right. to, yeah. to assault people with the sound, you know. Yeah. When I go back to the U.S., sometimes I feel like a caveman going to these <laughs> toilets, you know. They're just made of stone. There's nothing there, but it, it kind porcelain. of is. It kind of is like the opposite of traveling to like a place like Mexico, yeah, where right. most of the toilets don't have toilet right. seats on them, right? And you come here, and then there's like 
it's like a Ferrari. It's like a jet plane. Right. You know, yeah. these toilet seats is right. pretty incredible. Yeah. Okay, so I've got to check out of the hotel, or I'm going to get charged for a late fee. Yeah. But thanks for jumping this on this great. podcast. I'm glad we could have this conversation. Yeah. I think we really got to the yeah. bottom of some important cross-cultural issues yeah. today. Can you tell people where to find out more about you and uh, where they can like follow what you're doing? So, of course, I mean, you can find us on the usual social media channels, Bob Sayre on Instagram, facebook.com slash Bobby Sayre on Facebook. Um, you can email us at bobbysayre at gmail.com. But all that info is summarized for you if you go to our website, tellingasia.com. And we've got lots of information about what we do. But we would love to just be friends with you and just, you know, have that connection in the kingdom. Tellingasia.com. Com. Tellingasia.com. Yep. And you guys send out like a monthly email blast, don't you? Right. We give out updates to people who um, give to us. And that's but can people sign up for your email if, if they're not yeah, you supporting can. you right you now? You can, yeah. Can you do that on the website? Sure. You're going to make, make We'll it. make sure that happens <laughs> before this podcast goes okay. live. So go go to follow them on Instagram or Facebook or go to tellingasia.com and sign up for their email updates and just keep praying for them and the Sayers and the Good News Center and the the pastors of Next Town's mission and, and thank for you. Japan. Thank you for just praying for Japan. There's a lot of need here. And if you just pray for us and pray for all of the pastors who are working really hard in Japan to spread the gospel. And thanks for letting Pastor Matt come by and encourage all of us for a couple of weeks. All right. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah, we'll have to do this again. Season finale. Season finale. In Japan. That's pretty special. It's concluded. The Japan Chronicles. Yes. So stay tuned for season three, which will be starting next week. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. But you also have a podcast. We do have a, a podcast. Yeah. It's called Missionary Chats with Coffee, or what's it called? <laughs> it's called Church Plus Coffee with Friends. If you search Church and Coffee on Apple Podcast, you'll find us there. So just search the word Church Space Coffee or Church Space and space coffee what you said the word and or the the symbol for and if you search the word and it'll work fine okay so search and even if you do church coffee it'll work too okay and and there's a link to that on tellingasia.com and there's a link on our website where you can listen to all of it right so bobby has his own podcast with another missionary here joseph cathcart and they just get together and talk about some of the quirky things that are happening in japan and japanese culture and and also some of their missions work and so that's a great way to get plugged into what they're doing as well thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon thanks see you guys